Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Hello from Utah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, September 11th, so it's like a national remembrance day. So yeah. um, I, did, I think about that yeah. um, to, to prepare you for the fact that I was going to ask you, I don't remember where you were on September 11th. I was at my mom's house. Um, uh, yeah, I was at my mom's house. Kids were in the other room and I just sat in my mom's um, uh, bedroom mm-hmm. and watched yeah glued we had the kids in the other room watching a cartoon because they were really little i mean thomas and andrew the oldest ones were like two three three four Mm -hmm. somewhere right around there and um yeah yeah i was with a client in um northern illinois we all just stood around the tv just looking at the tv and had a hard time peeling our way back and going to work you know yeah, and it's it's kind of one of those things too for me that you know they say never forget, and that's a good thing because it was just such a uh, the the rose side or the the good side of this is it just brought people together in yeah, such a beautiful sure. way, mm-hmm. and it was really really lovely. So, mm-hmm. um, so those of you who uh, have um, some ties to that, yeah. you know, are we just uh, just wanted to honor you? Sure. So. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah. 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 So okay. Nothing really, we don't have anything firmed up on the upcoming episodes of, uh, the morning show. Yeah, we've, we've got plenty of things to talk mm-hmm. about. We just haven't decided and scheduled. Uh, some <laughs> yet, so well, what we're going to be talking about today though, Jim has spent, um, a couple of big blocks in days talking about, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, look, uh, Anna Maria Beck. Hey, oh, nice. hey Anna Maria. Uh, catching you live. I always watch the replays late at night. So Good to have welcome. you here live. We're glad to have you here. I'm glad you can hear us. We were having a terrible time getting connected this morning. We're having some. Don't name the name of the company, Michelle. Okay. We well, have. I won't name the name of the company, but we did. We had a uh, someone come out and look at our internet and, um, and cable stuff. We don't ever watch television. So we've had cable boxes for since we moved here, never used him, ever used him. And so we, he went through and got everything all hooked up and, and supposedly fixed the internet, but I, I um, didn't find that it was super fast this morning. Yeah, so, we're, we're, um, we're yeah. Okay. So what do we have coming up? We've got, well, we've got, um, mm-hmm. obviously the, uh, we got the Mariotta conferences, the yes. 24th through the 26th. Well, actually policy is Monday, Tuesday, oh, Wednesday of this next week. This next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you got policy. So a lot of people are going to be heading that. down there and doing yep. that. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. And then, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mariotta, the 24th through 26th. And that'll be, uh, I think it's a Sunday, Tuesday. So double check that on your calendar. But if you mm-hmm. haven't booked that, especially if you're in the Northeast, you yeah. probably want to get to that conference. Yeah. But- it's one of those conferences too, where there's, you don't have to be a member of Mariotta. Um, you just, I think just a member of a national organization, the national organization through your state association to get the same pricing. Yeah. So, um, that's a great deal. And the, the ticket prices are like really compared to a lot of others. It, they're really, really inexpensive. So, yeah. and, uh, so, yeah. Tommy Brandis, I appreciate the invitation. I yeah. can officially say now I cannot be there. I had last uh, told Tommy about 25% chance yeah. and I can now say my son is coming for a visit. The only we time haven't seen really him come. for like a 
yeah yeah for yeah, a while so, for a so, minute so it's, uh, um it's unfortunate i can't be there but we certainly expect you to have a good conference yeah in, uh, in, in, in any way City. that you know we can support uh virtually always let us know yeah okay so, um, and then uh, we also have lhph um coming yeah, up in october, october 12th, 12th 13th and 14th and we mm -hmm. will be there for that in san diego mm -hmm. um this is for any of our listeners that are lease here pay here or are thinking about um adding leasing to a lot of you or might want changing. to have a look at that uh you know yeah it's it's been um jim's done a lot of uh a lot of research into and comparing and um, actually is working on a tool to act side by side what these things look yeah. like. And it's pretty exciting yeah. um, to, but we're, we're looking forward to that. We will be broadcasting live throughout the day um, on the 13th and it will be after uh, um, speakers finish their address. And we're going to be doing some interviewing with them. Um, and talking about some of the things that they discussed. So exactly. um, any other announcements? No. Nope. Okay. So. Uh, all right, guys, here we get into the meat. Oh yeah. The There's data. meat. This is, so, this is like data nerd. Yeah. So I told Michelle, this is something that, mm -hmm. you know, it came up in a, in a Facebook conversation last week. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking this is a tough thing. Like I remember as a dealer, have agonizing over that same thing like so today's conversation for those who don't know is, is really on making a judgment about wholesale versus finance when you've got some cars that are aging and especially right now when many of us own cars for more than what the current market value mm -hmm. is then there's a decision that we have to make about wholesale mm -hmm. should i wholesale it or should i finance mm -hmm. it and i've had some conversations with some of our clients recently where they own a lot of cars for more than current wholesale value yeah and that happens i mean we make mistakes and we overspend on something or whatever we we you know spend too much in recon and now our actual cost in the car is more than its market value so yeah. the question is you, you know what should i do one of the things i want to talk about before we get into the spreadsheet is um, with this client recently i was talking through something i don't it doesn't come up very often and so i was saying let's talk about what i call mental write downs so what I mean, we were by, talking about this this yeah, morning because yeah. um, Jim said that he was going to he's like, there's a, there's a physical write down and then there's a mental write down. Yeah. So let's just pick some numbers. About. Let's say that you you have a car that you own for seventy five hundred dollars and it's got a wholesale market value of six thousand. That's the most mm -hmm. it's going to do, you know, at an auction or whatever. So that's our reality. We own the car for too much. And um, so now the question is, you know, with this client, we were talking about how to move through some aged units and some of the stuff we own for too much. You could go in and physically write it down, make an adjustment. Go into your DMS. And and which would flow through to your accounting and you basically mm -hmm. adjust your your wholesale value and you you it's a it's a loss. You write it down. Um on your inventory mm -hmm. and some dealers have a practice of this you know certainly mm -hmm. retail dealers would um certainly franchise dealers but in my here payer we, we're pretty independent we don't we have to do it if we don't want to but you could go through and write down your inventory quarterly annually adjust it some dealers do it at the end of the year as a way to you know reduce income but basically i'm saying that whether you go in and write that car down fifteen hundred dollars from seventy five hundred to its current real value of six thousand dollars you could do that or you could just do a mental adjustment in your head and know that I really only own the car. Treat it like I own it for six. Okay. Okay. And that's important because we're going to do what we're going to do with it. We're either going to wholesale it. And if uh, some wholesaler comes up and offers us $6,000, 
are we going to treat it like we own it for six or are we going to treat it like we own it for 7,500? Because what you own it for is really irrelevant in terms yeah. of what it's what it's going to sell for. And so now the question becomes, if I do a mental write down, uh-huh. I, I price it accordingly. I put a down payment on it, selling price, finance it, you know, according mm-hmm. to what I mentally own it for this. Now, the problem becomes, and I think I didn't get it listed on, I've listed several assumptions when we get to the spreadsheet part, but mm-hmm. um, among the things that happen here is that if you're a 20 group member, for example, well, your your cash and deal numbers are going to look strange mm-hmm. on your composite for the month because you you sold some cars for that you own for 7500 or yeah you own for 7500 you priced them as though you owned them for six so your cash and deal is heavy your margin is low it's going to look weird on your analytics you know when you're measuring kpis it's just going to look weird so that's the problem with just doing a mental write down if, if you want to call that a problem it's just when you're doing your own analysis and i can i can relate to this like i personally didn't like to pollute my numbers by, for example, the other thing that comes up from time to time, and heard everybody talk about it forever, is financing even wholesale units. Like I used to do some of that, but it, it kind of was problematic. You had to separate it from the rest of your re- retail mm-hmm. business, or it would, you know, make your numbers look strange. And so that was uh, that was something that would come up from time to time. But I think in this particular case, we're trying to really drill down and help dealers decide: Should I wholesale this car mm-hmm. and take a loss? Or should I finance it and experience less margin? I'll actually have at least, using the example I gave, I would have more actual cash and deal. If I did a mental adjustment, then I would have, you know, what was called a mental cash and deal, right? It's like I don't really have that much in it. Uh, but it's, it is what it is. Like, it's, it's just simple math. And so this is why I say I just, I just took some time on Saturday morning to run through the math and let's just do a side-by-side analysis and help dealers decide. We can share that if you want. All right. Um, you need to share your screen. Oh, yeah. I yeah, here. you do. Okay. Give me a moment. All right. It's coming, folks. It is. <laughs> Oh, and Jim came in this morning. I was singing some Billy Joel. And so he asked me because he's like, um, do you want to change your screen? Uh, he asked me if uh, if I was going to sing. And no, but I'll do a little, you know, talk around here to mm-hmm. add up a little bit. Of, okay, here we are. Okay. <laughs> um, let's and I did do... suggest on the comments this morning and when I put the thing out there that uh, mm-hmm. we... You know, this is this episode that you might want to catch on video. So yeah, again, if you are listening to this on our um, just regular podcast on Apple, Spotify. Um, Spotify, you know, any of the other ones that pick up those ones, you might want to go to YouTube mm-hmm. and watch this. So you can see the spreadsheet. So you can watch there's, and there's see quite the a bit spreadsheet. of stuff that's yeah. happening in the spreadsheet. So yeah. we're going to go through that today. But uh, let me get this. Let's see if I can get this zoomed in just a little bit more. Awesome. And. Uh, yeah, it's it's just important stuff for us to uh, understand kind of what's happening here. So I've got some numbers teed up in the thing, and I'm using my own cash flow modeling tool that has assumptions pages. And so I just pull over assumptions from those pages. But most mm-hmm. of what uh, happens here is is happening right here. So let me run through some assumptions first. I've I've got some 
Make it a little bit bigger if you don't um, mind. I can try. Just... Yeah, it's not letting me get to that while I'm sharing. Okay. So unfortunately, this there may be. Go. I'm back and maybe zoom over here. Let me try one more thing. Because I want folks to be able to see. Yeah, I, it's not going to be very uh, effective if you can't actually see the stuff. So. There we go. That's much better. Thank you. Okay. So, now we're in business. Yeah. All right. so, so let's look at these numbers. I basically just, we can pick any numbers, any of these numbers in yellow, we can change those out and put in whatever we want, have it do the math. So the first thing I've got is let's, let's say we typically have a wholesale or wholesale reconditioned value is $8,500. So that's after, um, after reconditioning. So this is what you bought it for plus whatever you've put into it. Yeah. And I think when you work these kind of models, you, mm -hmm. there are certain variables that you need to lock in because when you have too many variables moving at one time, it just, it doesn't, you can't learn anything. Yeah. It just, okay. So, so basically what I'm su suggesting here is one of the things I'm sort of locking in is that this dealer, for example, would typically have as their typical car, an $8,500 cost car. So in other words, if they're buying the same kind of cars they always buy, mm -hmm. and most of their inventory is about an $8,500 current wholesale value, mm -hmm. then they're going to have it at that cost. They're going to have a certain price on it. And now I'm just saying we, we would expect that this car would be typical to the rest of our inventory and we own it for about $8,500 is what we anticipate it would sell for. But we own it for 10.3. So I said that a little backwards, but basically you own it for 10.3 and it's it's real wholesale value is 8,500. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm just picking numbers. You could throw anything in here. But now the question becomes, and so this top section is a wholesale analysis only. So this, all of this up right here in blue is, is just looking at, okay, if I were to just wholesale that car, then what does that look like? Because often, and I can share that, you know, often when I'm working with my clients, I'll say, we need fresh inventory. And so if we can move this car as it is, mm -hmm. do a mental write down and move mm -hmm. it, you know, adjust down payment, adjust selling price and move it on through, that's fine. If there's some other reason it's not selling, that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, if we, we kind of have to wholesale it because it's had its opportunity to finance and hadn't financed. So we just need to figure out, you know, you might have to get it gone. And I think different. that we talked about that last week. Um, yeah, it's kind of a different episode. It's a yeah, different conversation. But in this case, if we assume minutes. that the car will finance and we, we just need to, you know, decide, are we going to finance it? Are we going to wholesale it? Then this is basically what we're trying to analyze. So let's look. Go yeah. ahead. Jeff. Well, I just, I, I know when, when Jim took me through these um, Saturday, something mm -hmm. like that, I was like, I really appreciated that he added in there um, because, you know, sometimes we don't think about that, but you're going to have certain fees if you mm -hmm. send it to the auction that are just going to happen regardless sure. of whether you know regardless of whether or not you buy a car to replace it but if you buy a car to replace it you're doubling them all yeah pretty and much anybody so. that's listening in live if you have different numbers like i put an outbound transportation fee i threw 150 dollars in there a selfie at the auction you know if you sell the car and you're just selling it and replacing it with something of similar value let's just go through mm -hmm. that kind of scenario i'm just selling it for 8500 i'm buying something else for 8500 and so what's my outbound transport fee? I got a sell fee. I got to pay to buy, uh, fee. buy fee on what mm -hmm. I use to replace it. Well, the auction you... houses need to make money from the yeah. buyers too. Yeah. And then you got to transport the other car transport. back potentially. So, so if you have those fees, if there's somebody listening mm -hmm. to the broadcast, you want to throw in the comments there what those you know, numbers are. Around you know. 700 yeah. is what we're. So that's a factor, about. right? If you wholesale, obviously you got inbound and outbound fees. So that's definitely going to be a factor. Good morning, Tyler Simmons. 
And so that's what I'm really kind of thinking about here is how do we make a judgment about whether it makes more sense to just turn it, replace it, you know, have fresh inventory. Yeah. So before I dig too much deeper into those, I want to go to the bottom down here. I've got several assumptions loaded at the bottom that I want to talk through. Here's some uh, selling price numbers. Um, you've got APR, you've got sales tax, you've got some other doc fee, or fees and doc fees. So these are if you're going to sell it on the lot. This is finance. Mm -hmm. right? this is if you're so, finance so these it. are the finance uh, assumptions, which I'll, I'll take you through. But let me, before we get too deep in any one of these, on wholesale, I said it assumes immediate replacement at the target cost and recon. That's getting cut off there, but basically that's what it says is um, on wholesale again, assumes immediate replacement at target cost and target recon. Okay, so that means mm -hmm. you're going to experience your profit and loss right in that same month probably. And then on wholesale, it assumes one month in turn for recon. So in other words, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to sell a replacement vehicle but I'm going to take this car and wholesale it and as soon as I'm going to allow a full month for reconditioning the car and make it available for sale. Most of you are saying, I wish I could turn them in a month, you know, <laughs> but, uh -huh. but I, I allowed one month. That's another show. Yeah. In both scenarios, I assume that the payments begin the month after the car is financed. Okay. Not in the same month. And on both scenarios, I assume that both notes perform for the entire period. So we just did. So when you say both notes, it's like we're we're going to be measuring if you took and took that unit, wholesaled it, bought a new one, and then financed that. It's like Correct. the difference between um, like replacing the unit wholesale mm -hmm. and what you would make from that with these kind of um, time frames, mm -hmm. you know, a month and then all that, or keeping the unit um, pricing accordingly and getting it getting it out. Exactly. Uh -huh. Exactly. Okay. Right. So, so again, those there are several things that I pull from assumptions page, which I'll take you over there when, when it gets to that point, and I'll show you. But there's some other considerations, and that's the fresh factor. Like, you know, we have to ask ourselves: if the car's sitting there aging, we own it for too much. Why hasn't it financed up to now? Is that is that because of perception of the mm -hmm. the sales team, the sales manager? Is it the customer uh, yeah. perception? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot it's of probably that, factored all of those things in. Yeah, um, and we talked yeah. about before that you know, if it doesn't matter if it's clean and in good shape and it's a nice color, and for whatever reason, if it's been passed over mm -hmm. for ninety plus days, and all of the other stuff is financing instead of this one, if it's been priced similarly, then. Well, and let me, uh, to, to, this is a psychology kind of thing That's with your true. sales team, that when new stuff comes off the truck, when it's delivered, the sales team is excited mm -hmm. about the new inventory. Right. And they're like looking at the stuff and they're seeing what, you know, what can we sell? What little features does this car have? Mm -hmm. You know, how slick does it look? And they're doing their mental stuff about you know this is a cool car and oh my gosh i love the fresh inventory and so when someone lands on the lot which ones are they excited about mm -hmm. and that they're gonna say hey you gotta we just got this yeah. and and it becomes something that's um also part of the excitement of hey we just got this in and it's not gonna last you yeah. need to or hey we've had this one on the lot for a year and um <laughs> yeah. and, and it's you know it, you can tell by the key tags yeah. and all of that and yeah. and and not as excited about it because it's just like it hasn't jazzed anybody else up yeah. and so the team the sales team i mean this is basic psychology and that's yeah and there's a shame on us element to that uh -huh. because we know the car's been there for you know six months to a year but the customer doesn't know that unless we somehow yeah 
you know, make it a thing. So, so it's really, the point is, you know, there's, there's this freshness factor that's hard to factor into what we're doing here. But for today, I just, it's just simple math. It's side-by-side math. What does it look Mm -hmm. like for us both from, so this top section is a cash flow analysis. The middle section is profit analysis. And the last section would be asset or balance sheet analysis. What's the impact to each of these things when we Mm -hmm. go through each scenario? So let's look at wholesale first. I just would, so you've taken it to, to the auction. Mm-hmm. You've replaced the unit with something that, you know, it's the $8,500 mm-hmm. um, unit that right. it's, you know, basically the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and you've got a month sitting in recon and right. now we've financed it. it we sold it. Uh, no, this well, we will yet eventually, but first I want to break down this first month. So mm-hmm. when we sell the H unit it sells for 8,500, that's its value, right? And then we experience those fees and then we use the $8,500 and we replace another unit. I'm allowing recon in there. Let's say you bought it for seven, mm-hmm. it's been 1500 reconditioning the car, but you're going to own this replacement car for the 8,500 that you collected at the auction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from that standpoint, that cash part is a wash. We're just replacing it with a fresh unit that we own uh, at the current market value. And we have experienced those fees. So for that month at the auction, we're negative 700. We liquidated that car. We experienced those fees and we're negative 700. Mm-hmm. Now in the next month, again, I allowed a month. So in the next month we finance the car and I've got a $1,500 down payment loaded in there. So if we finance it here and then payments start in month three, then that's what that would look like from a cash flow standpoint. Okay. We start, so this is giving a running balance down here on the cash balance. So it's saying, okay, we were negative 700. Now we collect $1,500 down payment. So now in month two, we're positive $800 related to that unit, if you will. Okay. Okay. So we wholesale the one unit replaced it. Now the profit and loss analysis, according to that is we suffered an $1,800 loss when we liquidated the car. Okay. So that's, that's very real to us. Now we turn around and we finance the replacement vehicle at full retail, full markup. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yes, we experienced a wholesale loss and that's real cash. And now we um, profited from the financing of the new unit at a full markup. So, you know, obviously in this scenario, the financing of the replacement unit, those numbers look consistent with the rest of our numbers in our composite. Mm -hmm. If you want to think of it that way, you know, if you're a 20 group member, for example. So now if I go into the asset analysis, let's look at that. Well, what happened? We, our inventory was, was reduced by 10.3. That's what we owned that car for. We acquired a new unit, so it went back up by 8,500. And then we suffered a $700 you know, cash loss or, or cash on hand went down by that amount. So it's about $2,500. $2,500 negative yeah. in that month. And then in the next month, we have notes receivable. I'm sorry. This is this is our asset position. So this is we're we're 2,500 negative in terms of assets as a result of that all those transactions. Okay. So then um, the assets in the second month we financed the car. We've got a new note, and so the assets are there. So that's what the wholesale looks like. So mm-hmm. if anybody sees anything there, that they have questions about, mm-hmm. throw them in the comments there, and we'll we'll try to address them here <laughs> as we go. And yeah. now, so now moving into the finance scenario, same basic scenario. We're taking the same car, opening cash balance, I'm plugging in zero, and we have no fees associated with moving the car back and forth to the auction. We finance it immediately, and we get that cash down. So we're in a cash balance of $1,500. I'm going to uh, give you the side by side here in just a minute, but let me take you through the rest of this. Now, profit and loss versus wholesale here, you can see um, you've got 
the profit from the finance sale, which is reduced. We own the car for less. I think this is using $14,995 selling price, so I'll show you that at the bottom. But we have less markup because we didn't write the car down, right? So we so we have we financed it at a regular price and we had less gross profit. So our financing is um, is shown there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so profit and loss, and then the asset. Obviously, we we suffer. Um, we our our inventory goes down by ten three because that's what we own this particular car for that we mm-hmm. finance. Our receivables go up by fourteen eight. Our cash on hand, we collect the down payment, and so we're there. So let me take you out here and show you month number twelve. This is the part where we need kind of a drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. So it actually looks like at the 12 month mark, using again the scenarios that I've got, car for $8,500 cost, uh, we own it for 10.3. But even if we finance it versus wholesale, what this says is that from a cash perspective, we're actually $1,700 better in 12 months. So this is why I chose to look at it. Let's go. Let's jump out to 12 months and let's look and see how does that compare. From a um, again a pure cash perspective. We should be $1,700 better off. A couple things happened. We didn't experience the fees at the wholesale auction, right? Mm-hmm. And we also financed the car immediately, which meant we started earning. So versus it. wholesale, versus at the same point, if you had taken it to mm-hmm. the wholesaler, okay. um, where okay. we're at, if you kept it in-house and sold it mm-hmm. and got it out, this is where you would be on your cash. You'd be $1,700 better off in cash in 12 months. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now profit and loss analysis on the profit on the PL side, not much different. Mm-hmm. We're about $258 difference. Again, I'll just remind everybody this, there's one month delay in the financing. If we went and wholesale the car and bought it back and replace it and it financed in a month, there's a mm-hmm. one month delay in mm-hmm. the payment start. Right. So, um, so now we're at $258 difference in PL. Mm-hmm. So we have $258 more profit when we just finance it. And now then, from an asset perspective, we're actually about $1,342 higher in assets uh-huh. across that uh, same time period. So I also did it to 24 months, but, you know, I think this 12 months is the most relevant. I mean, obviously it's going to mm-hmm. continue to track the way that it tracks, but across the, um, the 24 months and from a cash basis, we're $2,300 plus better off. We're only two hundred dollars difference from a PL standpoint, profitability, only two hundred dollars difference. So and that's about the same as it was before. It's actually yeah. less. And now you've got and yeah. twenty one hundred dollars of difference in terms of assets. So okay. So and, and is this if you do the finance, you're not marking it down? Are you marking it down on I'm, the lot? I'm, to move it faster. It's I, the I'm same not. price. That's okay. something else where those variables got a little too tricky to, if you Yeah. And so if you're trying to move an aged unit mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you can mark it down so that it becomes more, you could easily just eat that difference up just by a markdown. Yeah. And so then it's sixes. Yeah. I think that's the question mm-hmm. is, you know, because we hear dealers saying, should I mark it down? Well, typically in my experience, what we recommend to our clients is look, if you're, you typically can move them based on down payment. We, you and I oh, always talk okay. about, you've yeah. heard me talk about down payments, what moves the volume typically, and it's usually not the selling price. However, one thing that we've seen in this COVID period is that dealers have taken what used to be a 10-year-old car with 120,000 miles that had a certain price on it, mm-hmm. and now they own that car for more, so they're taking that same car 
same profile of car that mm-hmm. they had before, and they're putting, um, they're trying to put the same markup on it, so it means higher selling price. Okay. Yeah. But the question really be, becomes when you've got a car that's aged, and that's what we're really analyzing here, is if the car's sitting there aged and you own it for too much, what's keeping it from moving? Is it, uh, you know, and, and again, you heard me say, I don't much care. Like, I, I want it gone. So I'm, I think you, the question becomes is it price that's keeping the car from moving? Is it, down payment that's keeping the car from financing why aren't customers choosing this particular car Mm -hmm. Um, obviously you can feature them a lot of dealers out there do manager special or whatever and feature them but i'm saying without reducing the price if it's comparable to other cars in your inventory and and but that's you know if if you're keeping it the same and let's just say the windfall came in and you got your team your sales team excited about the car and it's now you know it's going to sell for what it is that you're sitting on the lot there's a lot of factors there that are that are like uh, yeah i would would that would that really be the case that that something that sat there for for you know six nine months whatever that all of a sudden someone's going to land on the lot and want it right um and it's also assuming that you really can get your team excited about the unit and so you know when i'm looking at that this is just my you know Mm -hmm. i i'm um I married into buy here, pay here. Um, <laughs> so when I'm looking at this is I'm like, okay, so you decrease the down payment that eats up a thousand dollars. You got your down payment now at a uh, $500 mm-hmm. that, that right there is, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> okay. My, the, the, where I'm, where I'm sure. looking at this, just no, take it to the wholesale, <laughs> take it and I'll sell it, get it off the lot, get something new, because that is you know, your when you think about how your team feels about units that are arriving on a truck yeah. versus and so you know this I think that that for me mm-hmm. that would be the deciding factor That's- because the numbers it's if if you had a windfall and sold that unit today versus taking it to the to the mm-hmm. auction getting it replaced even at a loss. Right. You're going to be better off putting a new unit on the lot. That's my perspective. Yeah. So, so it, this is an interesting look for this on a future morning show, because as you talk about this, I'm realizing we really should do an inventory analysis of, of some clients and see. And by oh, the yeah. way, if you've got dealers listening, if you want us to analyze yours and you have, I would say we really need to have a dealer who's got a volume of at least 40, 50 sales a month. And so if you've got that kind of volume and you want to uh, have us analyze, what we can do is I'd love to analyze of cars that sell, what percentage of them are selling of a certain age? Because typically what dealers do is that, that like you say, the transport comes in, the fresh stuff comes in, the salespeople, uh-huh. sales team gets excited mm-hmm. about it. That's the stuff they promote, seems like. And so we tend to sell more of the fresh stuff, which means the aging stuff just gets older. And so we got to have a strategy for that. And this is really kind of breaking that down. Well, and and I, I would say, okay, again, I married into buy here, pay here. And so I, I'm, and I, um, the views of Michelle. Do not reflect the views of, of <laughs> Jim, yeah. but maybe part of the strategy of dealerships that are moving 40 or 50 cars a month is that they are freshening up their lots all the time. Well, they, they may not be. And yeah. here's why. I mean, okay. th- it can be the same with a dealer selling 10 a month as is with 50. I mean, you have a certain size inventory. Mm-hmm. If the fresh stuff is selling, which is often the case, the fresh stuff tends the to first sell stuff first. To sell. Yeah. 
and the aging stuff. So we talked about in a prior episode, this idea of making a second mistake, because the question, mm-hmm. you know, the question comes up about if these cars have aged, is it because we, we owned them for too much and we made a second mistake by setting a high down payment on them to try mm-hmm. to keep our cash and deal, mm-hmm. you know, within policy. This is the part that I mean about a mental write down. You know, mm-hmm. I own the car for 10, three, but it really should own it for 85. I make a second mistake by holding out for too much down payment because I'm trying to make my cash and deal numbers mm-hmm. fit. So if I make a mental write down to that in that car mm-hmm. to 8,500, I just treat it like it's 8,500. I price it the same and get it going. Mm-hmm. then this number suggests you're going to be fine. You're going to, yeah. these numbers suggest yeah. you're going to. You're and numbers well. don't lie. They I mean, don't. yeah. And, and so I, you know, the, again, the sales psychology, you know, how does the team feel about the vehicles? Measure how long it takes before your sales team becomes disenchanted with yeah. something that has landed on the lot, because that might be your trigger. Pretty hard it's to like, um, well, I mean, but you know, I would, I would yeah. certainly, if I were a sales manager, I would sit with my team and, and get a feedback. Why hasn't this particular age yeah. unit sold? You know, oh, what's yeah. your, what's That's, your feedback? Yeah. What's your perspective? When's the last time you showed it? When's the last time we had a test drive? You know, it's like, why isn't it getting visibility? But what do you think? I mean, you know, when you're as a dealer, as a former dealer, um, how long should it take for new inventory to turn? Uh, 90 days at the most. You're talking okay. to somebody who used to turn inventory more than once monthly. Okay. So, 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 so that a vehicle that's days. sitting, a ve- yeah, a vehicle that's sitting on the lot 30 days is mm-hmm. going to start having those conversations. What's the problem Absolutely. with the car? What's the da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And so 30 days now, just again, just from my experience with the dealers that, that we, that we work with, there's a lot of dealers out there that have units that are much older than 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, that's, that's a, that's a good, that's a good number of having mm-hmm. that conversation with your sales team. Sure. But, um, if you, if you look at running the running, you know, where really will you be financially mm-hmm. on all the different pieces? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, Tyler popped in and, and said, experience sales manager. The manager should be expecting experiencing inventory just as the sales associate is looking at the pictures taken, detail that was um, completed yeah, on it, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. And drivability, right, Tyler? So yeah. you've got to get out and get behind the wheel yeah. and make sure it drives. Because it could be went on test drive. It's got some weird groan that nobody's paying attention to. And so, you know, yeah. it could be that that's why the cars get passed over. Yeah. But really, you know, what we're really trying to analyze is let's assume all the cars are in great condition. So mm-hmm. it's not a condition that's keep because we obviously know as dealers how to deal with that if it's a condition problem. But if it's if it seems to run and drive fine and it's just not moving for whatever mm-hmm. reason, then let's figure that out. Yeah. And and so I'm just trying to offer you today some side by side so that you can make a judgment. Should I wholesale? Should I finance? Should I reduce the down payment? Obviously, mm-hmm. if you were going to reduce the down payment, you would adjust these numbers that we have. In uh-huh. there. This this model assumes uh-huh. that it finances the same as your other car. Yeah. Okay. And, and I would say, too, that uh, part of the moral of the story is that the old adage, there's a but for every seat yeah. is simply not true. Well, um, I, I would say, honey, that or it's, it's true, but the question is, what is it going to cost you? What is it going to cost you to wait for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, and, and I've seen places where inventory has been sitting there for a year yeah. Yeah. and there certainly haven't been able to find that butt for that yeah. seat yet. So yeah. and some of you folks mm -hmm. up north have shoveled snow off of that car so many times. I changed the battery so, more than once. Yeah, maybe. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, just got it. There's so much value to fresh inventory. Yeah. It's just hard to measure and hard to explain. But for today, we yeah. just wanted to give you some more information this kind of information gosh i wish i'd have this, had this numbers one as a dealer. oh yeah working through this because i mean you're trying to go off of a gut thing and yeah. and it's like this was numbers drawn out so it's like this is where you uh, this based yeah. on the certain assumptions yeah um and so yeah if you want to take a look at those assumptions again if you want to kind of look at some of the things that um the the different pieces that jim was measuring throughout uh this uh, on this spreadsheet and i'm I, like i said jim loves to geek out on this kind of stuff get on youtube and take a peek and you know stop the video so you can like really soak in some of the different um pieces that mm -hmm. that he looked at but um, I'll have, I have to say Jim was even kind of surprised. I was, I, I yeah, certainly mm -hmm. was. I, I had my own ideas yeah. about what this was going to look like. And uh, mm -hmm. it surprised me. I, I definitely would have expected the wholesale to, to result differently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's all good stuff. I mean, we all learn when we actually put it on paper and run through the math. And mm -hmm. so this was my opportunity yeah. to do that for you. Hope it helped. I love it. Um, love it when my husband geeks out on spreadsheets yeah. and there's, you know, there's like a whole segment of this industry that is just like, you're speaking my language and yeah. it's fun, but hopefully everyone learns something a little bit and that, uh, it'll help you with deciding what you want to do with your aged units. So hope you guys have a great Monday. Happy, uh, happy Monday. Yeah, have a good week. And, uh, we will see you guys on, Wednesday, on Wednesday for White Hat Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining Thanks. us guys. Appreciate it.